0: that, because they need to know that they belong in this church, part of their church. So we've been sharing from Matthew, and we know that we're working through, I think, I think we are now almost a year and a half in Matthew, something like that, because we're just going systematically through the book of Matthew. I like that, because it just, I know, um, we're not jumping around. So. Matthew 16, we are now in Matthew 16 from verse 5, and up until this point, what has happened is, Jesus has done miracles and wonders and signs, and na-na-na-na-na-na-na, and in Matthew 16 from verse 1 to 4, the Pharisees and the Sadducees say, please give us another sign. We want to see a sign from heaven. He says, La- the week before last week, did you guys enjoy Robbie? Robbie? Yes. Huh? I love that man there. So, um, the week before last week, Uh, We we spoke about the sign, and the only sign that he'll give is that of Jonah, that he will go into the belly of the whale. No, that's the sign that he gave. So they are walking away from that now. Jesus just spoke to them, and then he says the following. In verse 5, Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven. Of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they reasoned amongst themselves saying it is because we've not taken bread but Jesus being aware of it said to them oh you little of faith why do you reason amongst yourselves because you have brought no bread do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves or the five thousand how many baskets you took up nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up how is it that you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to be aware of the leaven of the bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So a couple of weeks ago, Jesus was talking about bread and leaven again. Remember a couple of weeks ago, and we had that leavened bread and the unleavened bread, and it was hard, and we were all that. And I was like, Lord, you're doing the same thing again. What do I talk about? I need a different message. I need, you know, this is difficult because if God repeats it. It's important. Does that make sense? Amen. If he repeats it, it's important. You know, when you tell your child, don't go near the plug. Don't go near the plug. That's kind of important. And you know, if he goes there and gets choked. It's, so, Jesus said this because it's important, but also He knows the end from the beginning. Do you agree with me when I say that? That Jesus knew even then about today. And he's not talking about leaven. Now what does leaven do to dough? Just quickly, I like this part. I like it. I I got excited when I read it. It makes it grow with what? Hot air. It blows it up so it seems bigger than it is. No, that's what it does. It blows it up with hot air. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees do have a bad reputation. However, they didn't start off in a very bad place. They started off in a kind of good place because they come out of the tribe of Levi, which the priesthood came from. So the Pharisees, what is their doctrine that Jesus is saying? Whoa, watch out. Watch out for this doctrine. What is this? The Sadducees, what's their doctrine that we need to watch out for? And then there's another group that's also there, which I'm going to show you now. So, first of all, the Pharisees came from the Levites. The Levites, remember now, Moses, Aaron, and, 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 and that whole tribe, they were the ones ministering before the Lord. They were the ones ministering there. And over time, they became exclusive. They became the authority they became the position of power flesh i want to tell you something if if, let's say we're praying for somebody and god is touching somebody and they're crying don't go put your flesh to that the holy spirit's already doing his work you don't have to do anything don't go put your hands on them god's already why must i do anything god's already doing something the lord's already moving in somebody's You don't have to add flesh to that. The Pharisees came came and they added flesh to that in their thinking and they started becoming exclusive. This exclusivity. Church is for everybody. Church is not for the people that look like me, act like me, dress like me. Church actually exists for those who are far away from God. That's what church is for. Church is for the weirdos the lgbtqs churches for the lost jesus came for the lost he didn't come for the healthy Doc, doctor doesn't come for he comes for the sick so the the leaven of the pharisees they started to thinking too much about themselves they started getting blown up with hot air they become exclusive and within that exclusivity they started misinterpreting the doctrine of predestination The doctrine of predestination is not for salvation. It's for works. You can go read Romans 9. It's for works. You and I are predestined to do works. With that comes free will. You can choose to walk in that free will, in those good works, by your free will, or choose not to. Maybe you have got a gift of singing. I just want to know, just put up your hand if you can sing. Who's got a nice voice? There's a... Okay, do you know that you're supposed to walk in that good works? Now, I'm not manipulating you at all, I'm just taking an example. If your will doesn't go there, you're just not walking in it, but you're predestined. Because God's not confused that you see what beautiful singing voice He gave me. God knew He can't give me a beautiful singing voice because then I'll do everything excuse me and I'd dance I would dance but I can't I can just talk so gaan praat né You see and this leaven, this doctrine has permeated into churches where they believe in the predestination with, for salvation that Jesus didn't die for everybody died for for specific people Okay so now comes the question This doctrine, how do I then know that I'm predestined to be saved? Oh, that's easy because you're here with us. Can you hear the exclusivity? Can you hear the separation? Because you're here with us, now you are predestined to be saved. So Lord, why am I doing what I'm doing? How do I know that I'm predestined to be saved? Or which of my two sons that you predestined to be saved? Which one one must I pray for, and the other one must I just write off, because he wasn't predestined to be saved. Does that make sense? The exclusivity of this doctrine started happening. The doctrine of the Pharisees started drawing people. Jesus died on the cross for everybody, for God so loved the world, everybody. That whoever believes in him will be saved it's the will of god that all men be saved not just some you see even the positioning of the church can start working in exclusivity it's us group of friends this is our family's church exclusivity no it's the church of the lord jesus christ hello the exclusivity goes further. I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a Methodist, I'm a the Word. I got my church. If you heard the people, I got my church. Exclusivity. No. We are brothers and sisters. Amen. We are brothers and sisters. So that's the doctrine. Now the Sadducees just go with follow me with the scriptures, okay? Okay. So I want to show you from Scripture, the Pharisees Pharisees and the Sadducees. When he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said unto them, You offspring of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath of God. So, I mean, I just want to know, is Jesus perfect? Okay, you didn't say that aloud, did you? Is Jesus perfect? Okay. People, children of snakes. How, 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 how kind is that to feelings? Your past is long, eh? How kind is that to your feelings, emotions? In a world where we live in, where we're so consumed about people's feelings. Don't be offensive. Don't offend them. Oh, you can hurt my feelings. I got so hurt. Jesus is perfect. Does He care about their feelings right now? Who warned you, you bunch of black mambas? (laughs) You know know what we do with snakes. Jesus is not concerned about the feeling, yet He remains perfect. he's talking about the doctrine he's saying you have gone into a doctrine that is misled deceived because that's what the snake did he deceived god's children you see this deception that comes with their doctrine and king david said call to me no no you're too fast (laughs) thank you so does the Pharisees, the, Sad- the Sadducees, thank you, I was looking for the word Sadducees, can I go. the Sadducees, nee, 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 terug, don't change when I look down, <laughs> okay, the Sadducees came from a, a priest called Zadok, okay, and King David said, call to me Zadok, the priest, Nathan, the prophet, and the rest of them, I can't pronounce those names, okay, So, can you see that the Sadducees came from a good place? They came from priests. Another scripture says, they were the only ones that weren't deceived in a certain time, was the Sadducees. They remained faithful to God, serving in His temple. Okay, go to the next one, thank you. That the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected for themselves the counsel of God being not baptized of him, so that word lawyers there, okay, is also scribes. This is the third group that's hidden in the scripture, the scribes. So the scribes have been coming along all the while, writing down what the laws are, the prophets are, Moses. They're scribing it, they're writing it down, and then they became a authority on their own because they've now written it down a couple of times and they've duplicated. So now they know what's happening and they become legalistic. So now, so first of all, we looked at the the doctrine of the Pharisees, the one thing that's standing out. We're going to look now at the contrast between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the doctrine of the scribes was a legalistic doctrine. For instance, You must wear a hat to church. If you don't wear a hat, you're unholy. Oh, 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 oh. You must observe the Sabbath from Friday night, six o'clock, until Saturday night, six o'clock. And if you don't do that, you're not cutting it. You see, if you want to live by the law, you must live by all of them. If you fail in one, you are guilty of the punishment of all of them. Because the same one, God that gave one law, gave all of them. So if you break one of them, you've broken the whole law. So the scribes would say, no, that's not the law. Become legalistic. No, that's legal. You understand now? So we got the puffed up. One side exclusive, self-righteous, almost predestined, and on the other side, legalistic. The Sadducees are in the middle. Okay, so we can go to that next scripture, please. And there came to him a certain Sadducee that say there is no resurrection. Go to the next scripture, please. For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection. Neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. So, the Pharisees are saying there is a resurrection that's going to happen one day. The Sadducees know there's not going to be no resurrection. Okay. What's the outflow of that doctrine? Speak to people. So, what's going to happen when you die? No, just going to the ground. Can you hear what, where this? That's the Sadducee. Yeah, The Sadducee is talking. The doctrine of the Sadducee, that leaven has come through the generations. Oh, if you die, it's over. over, Finished. and long. Where the Pharisees say there is a resurrection. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. So there is a resurrection. Amen. There is a resurrection. The Sadducees are wrong. The Pharisees are right. Um, neither angel If I say there's no angels, then there can be no fallen angel. Are you following? A couple of years ago, a very big denomination in our country brought brought together a huge inquisition to study whether there is a devil or not. (laughs) Can you believe it? And they've come to the conclusion there's no devil. So who's your enemy? then flesh becomes your enemy. If there's no power and principality and rulers in the darkness, if there's no spirit in the air of this air, if there's no God of this universe, that's all the descriptions of Satan, by the way, if then you and I don't have an enemy and flesh becomes my enemy. And yet the word of God says, we warfare not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness. So no enemy is, no person, no flesh is my enemy. Whether I dance on the stage or whether I create gas chambers, flesh is not our enemy, it's the spirit behind it. Doesn't make sense. Now we can bring it closer to home where we have, People that don't like us, or people that speak bad about us, or we get persecuted from a different place for different reasons, for our gender, for what we stand for, for the color of our skin, um, for being conservative, for being binary. You've got people coming against you. They're not your enemy. It's the spirit behind that that's your enemy. Now, the no, no, don't go. Stay there, please. The Sadducees saying there's no angel So there's no fallen angel, there's no spirit, that means you don't have a spirit. God is spirit, and He made us in His image. So if there's no spirit, then there's no God. And the worship of God is an intellectual exercise that does not matter, because when you die, you decompose. And that's the end of the story. And that leads to atheism. Beware of the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And we know that they are angels. We know that God commands his angels. We don't pray to angels, and please, you don't command the angels. It's not your job. You don't have to say, Dear Lord Jesus, please tell your angels. No, that's not the prayer. You you go to the Father and say, Father, thank you for my protection. I trust in you sir, that's all you need, and I do it in Jesus name, because you cannot come to the Father except through the Son. And if you reject the Son, you reject the Father. End of funny story, end of story, lights out, home to Jerome, that's it. The rest is history. You have, that's the only way, you don't, oh God, because you know what happens? We get hung up on angels, and now we've got little statues. And the next thing we've got little signs that we make. And next thing we got we got things around our neck. Going to mantras. And next thing with burning incense. By the time you realize that you're off the cliff, poof. And all I can think of is the load runner. Hence, the Lord say, You will not make no images of anything that's in heaven or on the sea. Or on the, don't go into the mermaids and the f- and unicorns. Don't. It will lead you astray. Nor spirit. If God is spirit, madness, we are spirit. Amen. Sadducees had it wrong. The Pharisees had it right. The Pharisees are losing it because they're coming to. This whole puffed up thing, and the scribes are writing it down. That's not law. That's not law. That's not law. You're wrong. You're wrong. Throwing the law at you the whole time, the whole time. Can you see how that permeates through different churches? Mm -hmm. To the place where they say, All right, let's have you baptized, it'll get you saved. Baptism does not save you. Categorically, baptism is an outflow of an inner work of the Holy Spirit in your heart that has renewed you and made you new. And now you want to tell the world and the spiritual realm that I reconcile myself with the life, the the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm going to the water grave. You're going to bury me once, please. I'm bury me twice. <laughs> I'm dying once. <laughs> Hello? Can do it, yeah. Can't do it, yeah. Once and then resurrected the life that I now live. It's not me that live, but Christ that lives within me. Amen. It's easy, it's plain, it's we don't have to get confused about it. And now we don't have to run around and argue with one another. That remember, the Bible is not written for intellectuals, it's written for children, because God deals with us as children, so if, we, if it's written for intellectuals, we miss it completely, and then we want to get an inquisition going to research if there's a devil, or do we have an enemy? So I had an interesting conversation with an old school friend of mine, that, what I've said now, is an intro, because with that comes, but what doctrine do we have to follow? So, this message can be titled one of two things. What is the, what's the exact doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees, or who is Jesus really? So, we had a very interesting conversation, and I like having conversations with unsaved people. I love having those conversations because now I know what's going on in their world and their worldview and in their mind and how they think. I know what we believe, but how do I sharpen my sword to speak to somebody if I don't know where they're coming from? So we had a long conversation and he makes the statement that the problem began when we man made God the Almighty into man. And I'm like... Because in the conversation I was challenged, because he's going God, 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 and you all know how I feel about that, hey? God, God, who's God? God, 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 who is he? What's his name? God, 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 God. God is a title. Are you following? God is a title. The God of Islam is Allah. The God of the occult is Lucifer, Satan. You call him what you want. The God of the us Jesus. All right? We'll walk we'll, about it theologically. I, we'll get there. Walk with me. Okay. That's the name given above all other names by which we, Romans 10 verse 8, 9, 10, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, what does the word Lord mean? God. The Lord your God. Okay. So that's the name given by which we are saved every tongue will confess and every knee will bow and say that jesus is lord. lord okay so can you see the name that's given unto us does that make sense so i can't walk around god this god that god this god that i was like who are you talking about so i was speaking to my friend and he's got this god that god this got, and i'm like i'm challenged yeah and i can hear the lord Are you're going to be ashamed of my name And I had to work through a couple of things in my heart of hearts. And I got to the conclusion while I was speaking, you can do nothing for me. Jesus has done everything for me. So I said, we have to get to a place where we understand that God is a title and his name is Jesus. The arse Uh, just breaks. (laughs) You can just hear him. Yeah, but the problem is when man made God into the image of man. I want you to get this. You and I can never exalt to God. We can never lift ourselves up to be like God. We can try, but you'll never make it. That's what the Lord just came to show us, that you cannot be like God, because God is 100% perfect and holy, And neither can we bring God down. We can't. You don't have the ability to take the Almighty and put him in a box. So who is Jesus? First scripture, please. The next one. The next one. There we go. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Who's that? Jesus, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's not a plan B. Ah, Adam, what are we going to do with you? God is all-knowing. He knows every single thing. He knew Adam and Eve was going to stuff up. He knew it. So it wasn't a plan B. Okay, son, you must not go die. No, no. When the creation happened, the son said, I'll die. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. God himself chose to come down and be like man. The next one. Um, Who art thou, O Lord and our God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power? For thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they were created and were created. Jesus is the Creator. He's not the creation. He is Creator. Everything that was created, was created by Jesus. There's the scripture, one. He created all things because of His will they were created. And they were and were created. And then you go to John, one. In the beginning, in the beginning, inning, inning. (laughs) In the beginning, inning. Was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And He created everything. Go read it, giving you a paraphrase now, and he created everything. Genesis 1 verse 1, there's Jesus creating. He is the creator. All right, next one. Uh, Yeah. And the end of that, this is the next thing that Jesus is. Jesus is the express image of the father. Okay, and the end of no no no. Yes, these they spoken unto us, who appointed heir of all things to whom also he made the worlds. Another scripture that confirms that Jesus made the worlds. Okay, who be, being the can okay, you who can pronounce that for me? My tongue knurp. No, who being the of his glory, and the very image of his substance. So, when you look at Jesus, you see the Father. So, this is where, and I have taught you this, and I'll to say it again, I'll preach it again, the difference between human personality and divine personality. The human personality, you're going to come close up to me, you're going to smell my garlic from last night, né? and you're going to see the chip in my tooth, you're going to see that when you get close to me. And in my personality, the closer you walk to me, the more you're going to see my character flaws. You're going to see what's wrong with me. You're going to see where I fall short. That's when you. Now, some people can't handle walking close to you. Because then they get into the place where they take the eyes off the Lord and they start looking at a man. Okay? So now you're looking at me and you're comparing what? Flesh with flesh. Your weakness with my weakness, and your strengths with my strengths, or your strengths with my weaknesses. And now you start criticizing. You've taken your eyes off the Lord. Put your eyes back on the Lord. Look at Him. One of my mentors that taught me how to read the Bible, taught me how to pray, that taught me how to interpret scripture. Him and his wife got divorced. Today, he's living with another woman who's not married. He, has, he drinks some wine. He doesn't overindulge. I've got all the honor and respect for him in the world. See, that's why I'm not mentioning his name. Because he taught me, don't take your eyes off the Lord. Don't look at me. I will fail you. You keep your eyes on God. You lift your eyes to the Lord. Say, Lord, I look at you. Because this man here in front of you will fail you. That's human personality. Divine personality is the closer you come to Jesus, the more perfect he is. You see, from afar off, he's just another man that lived 2,000 years ago. He's just a rabbi, maybe a prophet, a good person. Does that sound familiar? Do you hear people talk like that? Because they are far off. They're standing way, 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 way. They've not come close to Jesus to see who He is. Because the closer you come to Him, the more divine and the more holy He becomes. Because you start seeing it In him. You see the feminist would say but it's a patriarchal system but you move closer. The first Adam he formed with clay and he blew the Ruach, the breath of life, into the clay and it became alive and clay became man. Could he do it again? Yes. Yet he chose when the last Adam, Jesus, came to be born of a woman. He chose that. What's he saying? I value woman. And he got resurrected. Who's the first person he appears to? A woman. And when he fights for, for women's rights, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes are there, say, Stone her, she's been caught in adultery. It's difficult to be caught in adultery alone. But stone her. He goes and he draws his hand in the ground. and says, no, you has no sin. You cast the first stone. Is that patriarchal? No. See, that's how the doctrine of the other three starts permeating through. And people say, no, it's a patriarchal toxic masculinity. Real masculinity protects, it's not toxic, who existed in the form of God. So what happened, Jesus, just put the scripture on top there, it's not in there, who existed in the form of God counted not being on an equal of God as a thing to be grasped. So what that means is, God the Father is over here. Jesus is right next to him. He is not below him. He is not less than him. He is there, who existed in the form of God, counting, not being on an equal of God, a thing to be grasped. Next verse. But he, Jesus, emptied himself of what? His omnipresence and omniscience, having all power, and on being everywhere at the same time knowing everything he emptied he said i lay it down i put it on the shelf i'm taking what i am and all my power i put it leave it and i go in take the form of a human servant okay being made in the likeness of men why so that you and i can get him because his ways are almost higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So how are we going to get him? How are we going to understand him? How are we going to grasp him? We're going to have to go through experiential learning all the time of the 2,000 years or 4,000 years in the Old Testament, or 2,000 years, it's 4,000 years in the Old Testament, 4,000 years in the Old Testament, where people had to experientially learn who God is until God provided a ram in the bush. He never called God my provider. Remember when he did that? When he had the knife to stab his son. God says, Look up, there's a ram. Oh, you provide for me, Lord. The Lord, my provider. Does that make sense? That's experiential learning. God comes down and he starts saying, Hey, now you can get me. And being found in a fashion of man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient. Jesus became obedient to earthly parents and to His heavenly Father, even unto death, the death of the cross. So He didn't count it as a loss to descend. He came like us. We didn't make Him smaller. You see, the closer I come to Him, the more divine He is. Okay, next one. Whereas God has highly exalted Him and gave unto Him the name which is above every name, So Jesus is the exalted one, he is the one that we're going to worship in the image of. Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7, that's Isaiah 7, leave it there, leave it there. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You see, I wish you people can understand what's going on in the attack on the divinity of Christ. Because if we or the humankind can break the divinity of Christ, our salvation is gone. Because there had to be a perfect lamb to die for our sins. And no human can be perfect, so God Divinely came and lived in man. Daniel pens down the following phrase. That's not, nowhere in the Bible, but in Daniel. He said, behold, something or someone like the Son of Man. And then Jesus comes and he says, I am the Son of Man. I am the Son of Man. No one else writes it. No one else pins it. No one else says that. As Daniel writes in a vision, the son of man, Jesus comes and says, I am the son of man. I am born of a virgin. The virgin birth is a reality. It is part of the divinity of who Christ is. It's the spirit of God. You see, there's two spirits inside of you. You know that. It's your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. Within Jesus, it was the spirit of God inside of him. It's the spirit of God in flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Unto us is born a child. We shall call him wonderful counselor, prince, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's Jesus. He's the divinity. The question, the challenge that I want to place with you today, is that does your life reflect who Christ really is? You see, because the closer we get to Him, the more of His glory comes off of us. Does that make sense? And we start reflecting who He is and the world can see that He is. Who he says he is. He's not a madman. That said I am. Quoting Moses. When Moses said Lord who must I say send me. Tell him I am. send you. Here comes Jesus and asking who are you. He said, I am. I am the son of man. He says to him I was before Abraham. remember when he spoke those words he says god is able to raise up children for Abraham, but i came before abraham does your life reflect that or can we walk closer to jesus and see how more perfect and more beautiful he is can we go closer to him because if not when we are far off we have to constantly be on our guard for the doctrine of the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and the scribes, constantly. But when we come close to Jesus, when we're right close to Him, we don't have to worry about that, because our eyes are on Him. He who stands in the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91, He who stands in the shadow of the Almighty, I want to ask you a question. 1 John says, God is light and in him there's no darkness. How does light have shadow? It doesn't. Light there's no shadow. So when I stand in the shadow of the Almighty, I'm standing in the brilliance of his glory. And what happens if you look at bright light after a while? That's why we must don't look at the sun. You must go stare at the sun the whole day long. A eh? couple of seconds, you close your eyes, it's too strong. You see, when we stand in the brightness and the glory of God, people start seeing the glory of God and they don't see your flaws. You are covered, you are protected. However, the glory of God, the light of God permeates your whole being. And none of your flaws are hidden from Him. None of it. But He remembers who you are. He remembers that you are clay, that you are but ground, that you are flawed. That he does not treat you and I according to our iniquities or our sins. He is slow to anger, rich in love, full of grace and mercy and forgives. He forgives us when we stand in his light. Light shines in our heart and we say, Lord, this is who I am. I'm sorry i am like this forgive me and he forgives and then he says come closer i'll remove it from you as far as the east is from the west come closer come closer come look in my eyes and i will come over you like i came over moses in that tabernacle of gathering the tent of gathering with the cloud my glory upon you And now people can say, I see the Lord. My life reflects the glory of God. Would you stand? I want to bless you as we go. If you want prayer, you're more than welcome after service to come forward. The ministry team will be here to pray with you. Will you have your hands in the receiving mode, please? Father, without arrogance, Lord, we just come with humility before you and as ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, because your word says in 2 Corinthians 5, Lord, that we are ambassadors for Christ. I come and pronounce the blessing from heaven, your blessing. May you experience this week the love of our Lord God the grace of Jesus Christ, and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit, reminding you of His words, His love, His grace, His mercy upon you, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Let's go have some coffee. If you want prayer, you're welcome to come to the front.